We're going to go inside him. We're going to go outside him. Inside him, outside him. And we're going to get him on the run. Once we're going to keep him on the run. And not going to pass until the defense comes up too close. But don't forget, man, we're going to get him on the run. We're going to go, 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 go. And we're not going to stop until we get across that goal line. And don't forget, man, today's the day. We're going to win. They can't lick us, and that's how it goes. The first platoon men go in there and fight, 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 fight. What do you say, man? This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. Back to another week of Notre Dame football. And let me tell you, gentlemen, it is your boy Nick here with our neighbor to the north, Chase Playpool's childhood friend, Dylan, and our lovely Rhode Island resident, Steve. Uh, our fourth horseman tonight is you, the listener. And before I like begin, I would like to just remind everyone to listen on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and now iTunes. We're on iTunes, yes. He's pumped. To subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and leave a five-star rating because we are on iTunes. We are here to stay. And that is the most excited I've been since we played Michigan. So let's go, boys. Yeah, uh, we won. I I guess. It, what was it, 22-17? It is a big win for us. I'm just talking about the iTunes one right now because we just found that out right before we started recording. And uh, let's get into it. So yeah. Vanderbilt. We won. Woo. And we're 3-0. and Yay. Any anyone else have any thoughts? We're so twenty twelve Notre Dame that it hurts. I couldn't agree more. It when the punter is the MVP of the game, I <laughs> love Tyler Newsom. He's doing great things for the brand. But when you have a punter, the star of the game, and then the second highlight is your Asian American kicker, who is now second in all time points as the two highlights of the game. It's not a good game. Wimbush was unimpressive again. He's the best athlete on the field, but he's still unimpressive. And we let him back in the game at the end. Shermer was the real deal. And we all realized that I actually hate Doug Flutie. So that's my takeaway from the Vanderbilt game. I I was watching the Cowboys game on Sunday, and I, I had like PTSD thinking, is this just Notre Dame playing? Because it was the same thing of, crush the opponent early on, fail to put them away, and then have a horrible fourth quarter you have to get through. And and that's kind of seems to be the theme here is we're not really sustaining uh, our our pressure and our, our ability throughout the game. Um, that seemed to kind of, that's what the takeaway I got. I, I took a few notes down. Uh, we only had 135 passing yards. Just to let you guys ponder on that. I have nothing to say. That's pretty disgusting. And by the way, I think f- like four of those were by Ian Book on the touchdown pass. So, yeah. yep, um, most efficient score in Notre Dame history. Uh, stop it! Just stop that. I'm not having any of that. All right, Jones, <laughs> you're not a part of the book club then. Definitely not. Um, anyway, we still got out gained um, in total yards despite having more possession. Uh, we had 245 rushing yards. I thought that was good. And another positive is we had zero turnovers and took the ball away three times. So there's there's some good things here. I mean, early on, it looked like it was going to be a blowout. It wasn't. It was a close game. It, it was a typical Notre Dame give you a heart attack game. I, I'm sick of it, but I'm not going to complain being up 3 nothing. 
So that's that's all my thoughts. I totally agree. And they they came out. I think it was either in Kelly's press conference or something early on where he said that he's not trying to win with style points. He's just trying to win. I want to win with some fucking style points. Just one time. Put up 70 points. That, the that's problem the is that it's, if, if you're not blowing teams out, it's not style points because we're not in the BCS anymore, but it's like it's not indicative of a good team. If you're barely beating these shit teams, it's more indicative that Maybe you're not that good, which is, you know, one of the criticisms of the 2012 years. They were kind of barely beating teams. Were they that good? I, I think they were. But, you know, when it got to a good team like Alabama, it turned out, it, you know, we weren't that good. So that's more or less what I'm kind of worried about with these performances. It's not I don't care if we look good. I care more about how are we as a team. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with that. But really, ideally, if when they play Syracuse at the end of the season, I would like to see a seventy point uh, win there, uh, just because I'll be in attendance and uh, I'd be the happiest camper alive. Uh, but you know, it's just Brian Kelly's Brian Kelly. He's going to be that that same coach that he always was, and it's the same old Kelly. Let's win a game and let's go to the next week. But we blew out teams last year, didn't we? For a fair, fair, fair portion. For a fair portion, but that was with Josh Adams, and we have no Dexter Williams this year until next week. So if we can survive this four-game stretch without our most proficient runner, uh, and with, really with Tony Jones and uh, my boy Jafar really coming into their own, yeah, I think I'll, we'll be I'll fine. say one thing to you, P-Wig, and I might be cheering for Syracuse in that game, given how hideous those fucking jerseys are. All right, you're a Red Sox fan in Canada. Uh, anyway, uh, next point, uh, four horsemen of the week. Uh, we touched on it before. Uh, Steve, you got yours? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just – it's just so depressing, man. We just literally can't put a team away. Up, up 14 nothing against Michigan. They come back. I don't even know. I I'm, I know that we were up against whoever the f- hell we played in week two. They oh, came man. back. We are beating fairly handedly Vanderbilt. They come back. It, it's just it, we have good first halves, and then I don't think we've gained like a single first down in the third quarter all season. It's it's just getting sickening. Just put teams away. If if this keeps up, like I'm going to be hanging from something, it is not going to end up well. But yeah, let's get into the four horsemen. Woo! So this week's podcast has been brought to you by General Apathy. <laughs> hey, um, I guess apathy. I, it, looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I guess you got to call the MVP of the game a Loey Gilman. You know sh- that the stripping the ball at the at the one yard line on that pass play, you know we won by five. That would have been a touchdown. I mean, like that's literally uh, not at the time, but it's literally now looking back a game winning strip and a forced fumble. So Aloe Gilman, he he continues to fly around the field, make some plays. He did get burned on a, a passing touchdown, but um, even Darrell Revis has let up t- you know touchdowns. So it's going to happen, but. Um, I really like the way that he's come in and you know, he's incredibly disciplined. You, you, if you come from one of the service schools, uh, you know, like Navy or army, obviously you're going to be very disciplined and, uh, you know, higher motor. So impressed with him so far and, and, uh, game MVP, uh, the other horseman, 
uh, Tony Jones Jr. Yeah, he's just he's banging bodies when he needs to, hitting the hole, getting yards, and and getting into the end zone, and getting into the end zone apparently for Notre Dame against lesser, uh, inferior opponents seems to be such a task that we now have to have a guy that had like what 80 yards and two touchdowns. Like that's, that's our MVP like so far, or I don't know. I'm, I'm just so broken of a man. Uh, and then last but not least, Drew Tranquil. He's my third and final horseman. Cause I don't believe we deserve a fourth horseman. The fourth horseman are the fans that had to endure that, that despicable showing. That's the fourth horseman. But yeah, uh, third horseman is Drew Tranquil. Um, I thought he's been ha- had flashes of brilliance, but been inconsistent on the year. Even though he has, has uh, what twenty five tackles, he's on pace for over a hundred on the year. So he's played very well. I've seen a lot of inconsistencies in the game uh, in his game through the first two games. Um, but this week he actually he he was shining in all facets of the game. Run. Uh, you know, uh, against the run, against the pass, uh, you know, blitzing the, the quarterback, you know, causing some pressure. I think uh, every every aspect of the game, he was making a difference, and you know, he had a, a game high nine tackles. So, Drew gets the 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 third and final horseman, other than the the fans, and uh, somebody else talk. Dylan. Um. Well, first off, I see P and you've picked up my tradition of drinking a beer during this podcast. So it's been a long week. Here's to you, buddy. Bottle of orange, no free ads. I uh, should have gone with a bottle of scotch. You're so sad, and it, it's both funny and I feel sad for you at the same time. Um, I am a totally broken human being, and and we're undefeated. That's what Notre Dame does to us. Um, I will say this: How hilarious is it? that we've struggled with Vanderbilt and Ball State more so than Michigan. That makes me happy. I I at least take pride in that. Um, I'm happy with it because, really, I hate Michigan. But there's no way around it. That wasn't a good performance. We didn't look good. But I I put together four stars or four horsemen. So I'll start off with Tyler Newsom. I really hated putting him in here because I don't believe special team players should really be your star players ever, but they were that week. Um, 59.6 average, which is a Notre Dame record, uh, and a longest 63 to ice the game. So that was pretty impressive. That was a rocket, by the way, as a former special teams coach myself, that was the perfect punt. I watched Pat McAfee's, uh, video of it multiple times. It was literally one step and just a friggin' bomb. I loved every minute of it. At least three people got pregnant on that play. At least. Just from the (laughs) mullet. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, next, I got Drew Tranquil. I thought he was all over the place, um, like he really has been his whole career at Notre Dame. Uh, he had nine solo tackles. It was just really good to watch. Second is, I, I really thought it was a really good game for Troy Pride Jr. I thought he really kind of came into his own that game. He had seven, seven tackles, uh, half a tackle for a loss, uh, and one interception. So I thought that was a pretty impressive stat line. Uh, I remember watching him thinking, oh, there we go, number five is getting into it. And our first star, first horseman for me is Tony Tony Jones Jr. Too many juniors on this team. Hmm. Um, He had a pretty good day, Uh, 17 carries, 118 yards, uh, 6.9 average, and then he had two receptions for 56 yards. So really pretty impressive with him, but 
the team wasn't good. Um, and that's that's really all I have to say. Uh, mine kind of reflect everything that you said. We all watched the same game. I only watched this once. I uh, didn't even watch the icon on it besides Tyler Newsom's uh, uh, speech at the end. Uh, Gilman's obviously my first star. He's a man rocket. Uh, and I also uh, had the Alohi means goodbye uh, tweet after that whole situation happened. Uh, only two people liked it. So we, uh, we're really going to have to work on our backyard baseball references uh, starting next week. So uh, get ready. Uh, second, Tyler Newsom. Uh, he's obviously – he's never punted before he got to Notre Dame. He uh, was offered at a camp that Notre Dame had, and he told Kelly, he was like, hey, I've never punted in a game, but if you trust me, I'll do this for you. And he's a captain too, so it's wild that he is he, – he's going to be a, a star in the NFL. But having that game that we needed him for Vanderbilt, I would expect this against like a Stanford or you know even later on with a USC, but Vanderbilt, whatever. Uh, and then finally, Justin Yoon, number two all-time in all-time points, passes Kyle Brinza, famously of his five field goal game against Rutgers in the uh, Pinstripe Bowl 2013. Uh, and, you know, he, again, he's consistent, but he didn't miss a kick. So I feel kind of awkward giving him this spot. But he's he's good, not great, but he's consistent. And really, that's what you're looking for in a kicker, so... Third star, him, and fourth star, all of our uh, people who listen. Be sure to listen on iTunes. Much easier to get onto. Subscribe, like, five-star review. I love uh, plug right there. I mean, I'm working on it. Next career is going to be uh, plugging things. Uh, next up is the recap. Uh, the teams, it was an interesting week. Wake Forest lost 41-34 to Dylan's uh, Boston College Eagles. Hold uh, on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> They're not my Eagles. I'm just the only one defending them out there and saying they deserve a top 25 spot, which they finally got. That's all I'm saying. It's all good. Chestnut Hill is a lovely place to live. Uh, so they lost 41-34. Stanford, uh, they won 30-10 to over UC Davis. Uh, they play Oregon. Uh, that's going to be a really good game, I think. Uh, hopefully Oregon beats up on Bryce Love a little bit. He was out with an undisclosed injury. This guy is a China house. He, he, You get him in there, he's going to break, and I, I don't get it. I'd he, like to make a point there that this is completely unrelated, but it bothers me. And this is the problem with polls is that they're based week to week. So obviously Stanford jumped us. But here's the thing. They jumped us because of that USC win. USC right. lost last week. That USC win isn't good anymore. That's a two-loss USC team. But they're still ahead of us, whereas we beat a ranked Michigan team. So it bothers me with polls that it's week to week like that because really your win earlier on looks worse now. So Notre Dame should be ranked ahead of Stanford. That's just my pet peeve that I had to just say in there. So apologies. Bryce Love is made of glass. Steve? He's coming off a concussion, right? Uh, um, They didn't have the injury disclosed, so it's going to be pretty interesting to see how they use him against Oregon. Hashtag fans with sources. Oh, okay. We we break news. Bryce Love concussion at Steve Campy. Uh, Virginia Tech played the Hurricane and not in Miami. Uh, they were postponed against ECU, and they probably would have got beaten by ECU. Uh, go Wait, Pirates. Do you mean to tell me that when you're about to play in the Hurricane, you don't have to play the game and you can postpone it? 
Wow. They Somebody tell Notre Dame that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone tell that to Deshaun Kaiser. Oh, my God. When he played against the Packers, I have flashbacks. Uh, they played Old Dominion now, so it's really like having two bye weeks in a row. Uh, Pittsburgh, they beat Georgia Tech. Uh, That's I'll, actually a surprising and very nice win for them. I'll eat my hat on that. I thought Georgia Tech's triple option was really going to run the table on Pittsburgh, but uh, they, they played well. Uh, I was very surprised by that. They played North Carolina now. Uh, that should be two wins in a row for them. Navy played Lehigh, and then now they have SMU. So run and shoot versus the triple option. I think SMU still runs run and shoot. I hope they do. Um, Northwestern, uh, they lost to Akron. And they play Michigan now. So that's uh, that's all I have to say about Northwestern. They're Remember right. when everyone said they were a legit 11-win contender? Right. They were supposed to be a dark horse this year. And that's another shot to our strength of schedule. And Don't I'll we? bet you I'll bet you anything we're going to lose to them. We're like win by like two. It'll be a, like a second field goal. <laughs> like this, I don't even, I, I, I honestly, it's, it's like battered spouse syndrome. I just keep coming back. Wow. I keep, I, I keep my mouth shut. I keep coming back no matter how much I, like I know I'm going to get punished. I know I'm going to get destroyed and have my heart ripped out. And every Saturday, there I am. Next. Wow. Four Horsemen podcast, home of non-PC jokes. I support that. But you we, might- do not, we, uh, we do not support uh, battering spouses. Uh, Florida State lost to Syracuse. Uh, they played Northern Illinois. And Jesus Christ, Florida State, get it together. Learn how to win a game. I don't mind that team losing. I know that hurts our strength of schedule, but I enjoy watching Free Shoes University struggle. It's it's awful. And then Syracuse, they beat Florida State, and they play UConn. So. They're undefeated. They, I had them on one of my next in for the top 25. Keep an eye on Syracuse. I really like Dino Baber, and I'm a New York guy. He's a good – he's a great coach. He's a good leader of men. Uh, there's a kid from Stepanak, Trill Williams. Uh, he plays corner for them, and he's he's legit. And then finally, USC lost to Texas. No one's surprised about that. Uh, they play Washington State. I really wish they won. I really wish all our teams uh, won to really help our strength of schedule. But now Notre Dame just has to go out and finish the job. Well, now we're relying on Stanford and Michigan, and that doesn't really look good when you look at you know who those teams still have to play. I was saying to one Notre Dame fan, hopefully listens to the show, he's a great follower, um, that we should be cheering for USC. And obviously, naturally, he didn't want to. I can't blame him for that. But USC has to play. I know we don't think of the Pac-12 as great, but there's a lot of teams in there that are tough, especially for teams like USC and Stanford, like Arizona State, um, Oregon. I don't think USC plays them this year, but there's still tough games in there. And if USC can't beat Texas and are two losses this early on, that might be a seven-win team. You know what I mean? And that destroys our strength of schedule. So I was really rooting for the Trojans in that one. And but really, how, when, since we're out of the BCS and we're not using that convoluted uh, computer system anymore, I know strength of schedule matters and all that stuff, but when if you have an undefeated Notre Dame team who's beaten up on these seven-win teams, six-win teams, zero-win teams, all that, all those type of uh, numbers – how much is that strength of schedule is going to matter if they're undefeated? Not at all. Not at all. Um, my, I'm just preparing for a one loss in the event that it is. It, the precedent was sent, I think, with Wisconsin last year. 
where let's say even though our schedule is nowhere near as bad as that, but let's say worst case scenario, everyone we play is just falls off the face of the earth. Wisconsin was still getting in 12 and out. And that's was if they uh, lost the game, they were out. As soon as they lost the game, they were out. That's why we need teams to hold it. Because if we do, we want to still be able to sneak back in. Right. That's why I'm just so down is because I know that 12 and 0 doesn't matter the strength of schedule. It, uh, the, the, the stronger the schedule, the higher the seed, which means in theory, you know, we would play the easier team, which is great. But realistically, we're probably going to be a three or four seed, which is fine. It is what it is. If we go 12 and 0, why I am just so t- destroyed as a human being and Notre Dame fan is because I know the loss is coming. I know the other, I know the other shoe is going to fall. I don't know when. I know I'm going to step on a landmine. I don't know when, but I know it's going to happen. And it's we're just literally marching towards death at this point. And that's why I'm just like, my heart's, I just, Saturday, I'm going to have my my Notre Dame shirt on, one of the 32 that I own. I'm going to have a six-pack of beer watching the game, clapping for every first down and jumping around my living room. But make no mistake about it. I, I know that there's I'm, – I'm dead. I'm, got, I'm dead. Cautious optimism. That's all we really have to have. <laughs> and unfortunately, we're all in the same boat. It's, it's ridiculous that – I was talking to my grandpa. Uh, he's a big listener of this podcast as well. Shout out, Papa. Uh, I know you're listening to this right now. He told us to keep it under a half hour, so I'm going to try to do that for him. Uh, but – we're talking after the game, and me and him text during the game, the whole game. And he he told me, like, it's almost embarrassing that you're not happy after a win. No other sport. Are you upset if the Yankees win tonight and beat the Red Sox? Sorry, Dylan. That your hormone. You'll be happy. But mm. with Notre Dame, you win, and you're just fed, left with this feeling of nothingness. It's it's not good. It's it's weird. It's a weird it's, fan base. That's why. It's we're, a really weird fan base. We're not normal. I mean, as much as I love Steve, he's he's so negative that it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet, buddy. It gets worse. Uh, but moving on, uh, unfortunately, this is a trap <laughs> game uh, this week, I think. 12 p.m. start time, North Carolina, first road game of the year. Uh, Stanford next week. I hate to give that trap game uh, label for this, but it's definitely a trap game. Do you say Wake Forest or North Carolina? Wake. Wake Forest in North Carolina. Oh, right. Okay. I tuned up. First thing that we have going against us is, yeah, Stanford next next week, and then two weeks from now we travel to Blacksburg for Virginia Tech. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, and I believe it was Tony Pride who actually did come out and just say flat out, like, yeah, we overlooked Vandy. You know, we are your teams. So are they going to do it again on the road? And another gripe that I have with the world in general, 12 a.m., 12 p.m. noon, 12 noon start time. Like, it's a Saturday when it's going to be nice out. I want to get my 7.30 tea time in. And unfortunately, everyone in the Northeast is just friggin' terrible at golf. So rounds last five hours. So I'm not going to be able to golf on Saturday. So I played, I played nine holes in five hours the other day, just so uh, you're well aware of my scope of golfing. Uh, but no, Christ. it's going to be a rough one. 
and uh, I was drawn early. Yeah. So now my 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 Saturday is already ruined, and we haven't even snapped the ball yet. <laughs> Wake Forest, they're two and one. Uh, coach Dave Clawson, I like the guy. Good coach. Uh, they have a true freshman quarterback. He's thrown six touchdowns, five interceptions, right around 900 yards. Um, that's the only thing they have going for them. I watched the tape. Uh, they have an atrocious run game. They lost to BC where Sam Hartman had to keep them in the game. Their secondary is weak. Their corners are abysmal. If if this game isn't where we see uh, Phil Jerkovic get some snaps, I'll be surprised. But, again, I'm, I'm cautious, but I'll be surprised if we don't see our freshmen get in this game. Four, it's open. Yeah, um, I believe, which I kind of just quickly looked up, that Boston College beat Wake Forest on the road. So that should give you an indication of how bad Wake Forest is. Um, we should win this game. I mean, I, I'm going to keep doing this every week. They're going to keep pulling in close games, and I'm going to keep predicting blowouts because they should be blowing out these teams. Um, I don't know too much about Wake Forest. I watched them cover a ridiculous way in week one for me, and I kind of loved them for it. But they aren't very good, uh, haven't been since. I think a road game is maybe what we need. We're kind of, we've been at home three weeks in a row, and pressure at Notre Dame is fucking insane. It's, I, I, what was that one famous saying? The three hardest jobs in the world are mayor of New York, president of the United States, and head coach at Notre Dame football. Yeah. Right? It's, it's a high pressure environment. The world's watching. I think if you get on the road, it might be helpful because it's a good road team to play. I think the last time we blew a team was Wake Forest. Um, so let's let's just kind of see how it goes. Um, my guess is we're probably going to get off to an early lead and then watch that swiver away. But, um, yeah, I, I think Notre Dame would win or should win. And, uh, I, yeah, let's should go into the Stanford game undefeated. Let's hope that's the way it goes. I'm going to buck my trend of predicting blowouts, which has – not gone well so far. I'm going to assume that this game is going to be Wake Forest 100, Notre Dame 3. That's my official. Go Irish, Steve. Uh, just really quick, it started as an 8-point. Notre Dame was 8-point favorites. The lines moved down to 7.5. Really? 7.5 uh, yeah. points? 7.5 oh. points? That's what I'm looking at right now. That. They All should, right, they I'm come. out. Good night. I'm I'm done. <laughs> I'm with that, Steve is done. Uh, so really, Dylan, just to finish up with you, because Steve, uh, Steve was a little cranky tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, looking at the line right now, uh, as of 10:08 p.m. Uh, Wednesday, uh, before the game, they're still at seven and a half points, which is almost embarrassing. Like. You well, know, they're gonna they're gonna cover that. I think. Um, I sure hope so. I'm pretty. That's a really low line. I get Notre Dame's been um, bad for the spread. They have not been covering the spread lately. But that's Wake Forest. Um, I'll make my game prediction because I've been doing so every week. Um, I have it 31 to nine for Notre Dame. I think I've been lowering my offensive numbers slowly because this offense doesn't really seem to have a high output. I think 31 is possible. Um, I think if you just convert more in the red zone, which we should, 
And then I got nine. I don't think they're going to score a touchdown. Our defense is amazing. It's so underrated. It's going under the radar. I think we'll hold them to three field goals, and I think that's generous. Yeah, and, I mean, if if they don't at least cover that, the spread, I'll be doing the same thing Steve just did. Uh, I'll just – I'll leave. I'll, I'll go sit in a forest preserve somewhere for the day. Um, I don't know where there's one near me, but I'll find one. Uh, I'll go up to Canada if I need to, Dylan. And uh, what's remarkable is I'm looking at this – I'm looking at the line seven and a half, and the over-under set is 60. <laughs> <laughs> This math doesn't work out. Like, I have a whiteboard here, and you're saying that Notre Dame's not the, – the line's seven and a half, all right? So they're saying – what, it's going to be – I can't even do the math right now. 35-28. That's seven points, right? If Wake Forest covers, I'm doing math as we talk right now. I'm like a beautiful line. That would be 63. So they're, they're saying, you know, 35-28 win, a, a seven-point win with Notre Dame scoring five touchdowns, that's possible. That's ridiculous. I, I mean, unfortunately, the, I almost want to hammer the under there. Well, exactly, because here's the thing. We've been underperforming offensively. That's why games have been closed. The defense has been amazing. Our defense is great, and the scoring defense has been really, really low. Um, it's just the offense has been not putting up. So how do you expect Notre Dame to cover 7.5 but reach 60? That doesn't make sense to me because, again – you can't predict a blowout because the, the, the line's seven and a half. So you're saying it's going to be a close, high-scoring game? That's ridiculous. I'm telling people right now who are listening for betting, take Notre Dame to cover seven and a half or whatever odds you get it at and take the under. Because I don't think Notre Dame – I don't think Notre Dame's going to give up points and I don't think Notre Dame's going to score enough to make up 60. Are you kidding? Like, I have Wake Forest scoring nine. Notre Dame's not scoring 51 points. It so. looks like uh, – just real quick, and we'll, uh, we'll end on this note uh, – they're predicting on Odd Shark, uh, the score would be 34.8 Notre Dame to 33 Wake Forest. Uh, they're saying the under is definitely going to hit in that regard, even though the math doesn't work out with the computers. Uh, the the over-under started at 53.5. It opened at 53.5. It's gone up. It's gone up to Bavada's at 60, five dimes, 60.5. Uh, so it's they're hammering they're, – they're predicting Notre Dame's going and Wake Forest are going to at least score 53 points. But at the same time, the spread started at six and a half. Bavada has it at eight right now. Uh, so it's really interesting to look at the line history. If you look at the line history, it's really interesting to see where the public is going with this, uh, with these points, even though the odds makers are totally ridiculous with 53 and a half points. Um, Notre Dame won't hit 60. I'm hoping for a – I'm going with a 59 nothing blowout of Notre Dame over Wake Forest. 59 nothing. We're going to score points. Phil Jerkovic is going to get his first time on the field. Here's my official prediction. I've crunched the numbers. 59 nothing. Notre Dame win. Three touchdowns for Brandon Wimbush. Two throwing. One rushing. Two touchdowns for Ian Book. One throw and one rushing, most prolific score in Notre Dame history. One touchdown each for Jafar Armstrong, uh, Tony Jones Jr., and Phil Jerkovic will get his first collegiate snap, which will be a touchdown. I'm not sure if he'll be rushing or throwing. There will be one defensive touchdown during the game, and we will miss one PAT, 59 nothing. book it, put it in the books, Irish to cover, Irish to go under, go Irish, 
beat Wake Forest. Let's go. Subscribe, like, five stars on iTunes. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast.